This morning we are in lesson six, talking about starting conversations, evangelism conversations. Um, again, if you guys want to scoot out just a little, scoot to the middle, there's some, make some room there. So again, today, lesson six, uh, starting conversations. This past uh, weekend, our family got to have lunch with, or got to have dinner with another family in the church, and as we were talking about different stuff, um, the mom was sharing about how she had uh, recently had a situation where she was, um, uh, her family, part of the family was out somewhere and just, yeah, crossed paths with this, this young man and could just tell he was searching for something, but just seemed very lonely, and said so the whole time, it just kept trying to, to figure out the right way to, to move from, hey, how are you, to Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead, and you need to repent. And um, just talked about how hard that was, trying to think about what the right way in, the right way to drop some little hints and ask questions and all this kind of stuff. And as she talked, I just thought, you know, this, at least for me, and I think for, for many of us, that feels like one of the most difficult uh, parts of evangelism is maybe we've been praying, we've been asking God for help, we've been asking God for wisdom, and then we're in a conversation or we're planning to approach a conversation. And we want to figure out how do we go from everyday life stuff to talking about eternal life stuff, and how does it, how do we build those bridges? And um, that's what we're going to talk about in our in our time to, together this uh, this this morning. Now, I just want to be upfront. There's no magical formula, okay? So I'm not going to be like here's here's the the answer, because as with any situation, every person's different, every circumstance is different, and I, I think there's not going to be some pat answer, and I think God does that for us on purpose, so that we will look to Him and depend upon Him, and this will be a relationship with Him, that we are engaging with Him as we engage with others, but I do think there's some things that we can keep in mind that can help us as we're thinking about how to, how to do this, okay? Um, so on your handout here, you're going to notice uh, two, two, two big ideas, uh, bringing down barriers and then building bridges. Building, bringing down barriers and, and, and building bridges. So before we talk about how to engage in conversations, I want to talk briefly about just a couple obstacles in evangelism that might keep us from moving from this, the seemingly safe space of, okay, we're friends or I know you, to I want to engage in real, honest, spiritual conversation with you. Okay, so the first, the first thing, the first question we've got to ask here is, um, are you... Willing. Are you willing to have those kinds of spiritual conversations with people? I think this is really one of the most foundational questions that we all must honestly answer before, before God is, will you do what Jesus has commanded you to do? Will, will, you, will you do that? Are you willing to proclaim the gospel? Are you willing to initiate conversations? Are you, are you committed to, to the Great Commission? Will you publicly say Jesus' name? There's something even about talking about God and then moving to saying Jesus that for most of us is, 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 is scary. So but I, I think the first question you've got to ask when it comes to engaging in conversations with people is, are you, are you willing are you willing? Um, Jesus said in, in Luke 6.44, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? I've always found that to be such a, a striking and penetrating question. Um, and, and for me, in this area, it's one that I think we need to honestly come before Him and say, Lord, I don't want to do this, if that's what it may be. Um, 
But the question is, are you, are you willing? So I encourage you this week to be praying about that and to talk about that with some people around you. Uh, talk about what hinders you from being, being willing. Second question I think we need to ask ourselves is, um, are you distracted? Are you distracted? Now you can turn there, but you don't have to if you want to read later in the book of Haggai. It's uh, one of the post-exilic prophets, so post-exile prophets speaking to Israel. They had just come back from, from exile. Uh, they're at home in the land, and God had commissioned them to rebuild the temple. And they had started rebuilding the temple, but then they stopped doing it. So God raised up the prophet Haggai to come to them. And I want you to listen to what Haggai says to the people on behalf of the Lord. All right, listen to this from Haggai chapter 1. Um, he says, The word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Therefore, now, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Verse 7, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it, that I may be glorified, says the Lord. Why were the people in Haggai's day not building the temple of the Lord? What was their problem? Yeah, they had a problem with priorities. They were building their own houses. They were distracted from the mission that God had given them, which was to build the temple, and they were too busy using the time, talent, and treasure that they had building their own kingdoms. I don't know if that sounds familiar to today, but this is, this, is a, this is a problem for us too. It's not an Old Testament problem. So I think it's good for us to consider our ways. Are you, when you look at your budget and you look at your schedule, are you committed to the Great Commission? Are you intentional with the hours and the dollars that God has given you to be actively building relationships and attempting to, to make Christ known? How are you using your, your free time, if you will, even during um, on the metro or wherever you are? Is it just earbuds and you finally get to time by yourself? Or is it, are you seeing who God's put around you and praying for, for opportunities? Now, I'm not saying you can't ever just put your earbuds in and be thankful that there's nobody sitting next to you. Um, that's, I'm not saying that, but I am saying if that's, if <laughs> I had a friend who recently, uh, he flies first class a lot and, uh, he said, why do all these people in first class all of a sudden want to talk to me? Don't they realize I pay a lot of money so they don't have to talk to anybody? <laughs> and I said, well, maybe the Lord put them there for you to have gospel conversations with him. And he said, well, here's my line then. <laughs> so if you were to choke on your ginger ale, do you know where you would go? Uh, <laughs> I said, I'm not sure it's the best way in, but it's a start, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he, he later on said he was convicted about that, that you know what? He, he realizes that these are all people that God has, has placed, placed around him. So um, are, you just, are you distracted? And then thirdly, a uh, question to consider is, are you salty? Are you salty? Listen to this from Jesus in Matthew 5. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. They may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So I guess my question for you is, are you, yeah, are you, are you salty? 
Um, meaning, do you, do, you live, uh, do you live in a way that's different and distinct from the world? Or do you, do you kind of blend in a whole lot? Um, are you kind or are you impatient? Are you a hard worker uh, at, 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 at your place of employment or are you lazy? Are you hopeful or are you always grumbling about something? I think this is where we can't always know just by looking at our own lives. And this is where I would encourage you to ask some, some people around you. Uh, you get free pass right now. What do you see in my life that might hinder me from being a good witness for Christ? Is there anything about my attitudes or my actions? Pull, pull, you know, if there, you have a fellow believer at work that you work with, just take him out for coffee and say, okay, it's time for some honest feedback from me, please. I really want to be used by the Lord. Help me see, am I a jerk? Am, do I have spiritual BO? Like, do I, like, what, help me. Help me. That kind of humble posture is really important. So who's helping you to see if you're being salty? Right? So before we talk about transitioning, I think you've got to transitioning into to conversations with, with the gospel. You've you got to think about, are, are you willing to do this? Are you distracted from doing this? And are you, do you have a platform? Or are people just going to hate you if you talk um, because of the way that you're, you're, you're living? Let, let the gospel be offensive and let us get out of the way of the gospel as much as, as possible. Now, just last thing on this, if, if you hear any of that and you feel guilty and condemned, what I would say is this is where it's time to believe the same gospel that you're proclaiming to others. That Jesus does not use perfect people. He only uses messed up people all the time. So I'd encourage you to cast yourself upon the grace of Christ, thank Him for His mercies, embrace it, and then let's, let's repent of things we need to repent of, and let's, let's pursue being, being useful uh, in the Lord as, as much as, as we're able. Okay. Anybody have a brief clarifying question about any of that before we move on to the building bridges part? I'd say it's probably both. So I think it's always fair to be evaluating your, your life. So, I mean, if you're, if you're so busy that you have no time to do anything for the Lord, but you're, you're really advancing your career, I think you need to evaluate, is this, is this the right career for me to be in? Like, you get one life, and you don't have to advance in your career in it. Like, there's lots of other things you can do. I'm not saying don't advance in your career. I'm just saying you, it is wise to evaluate, is this the best use of my life all the time, right? And at the same time, think about, okay, in this, this season, what are the ways? So I, I think you always just want to be looking for God do something. Because wherever you are, God's going to use you there. So there's always going to be opportunities. So I think it's, it's good to always be evaluating, but always to be, to be desirous to be used. And I think the Lord will use you in whatever slivers of time that you may have in the midst of it. So that's a good question. Last one, briefly. In whatever ways you engage with those who are around you, 
just don't be a grumbler. Don't be a complainer. Don't, be a, don't get involved in the slander and the gossip and all the about this and that. Be kind. Be encouraging. I mean, don't be f- fluffy, but be, be, be a hopeful person whose world is not this one. And work really hard and be, you know, as, as good an employee as you can be. And over time, it builds some sort of, there's something different about this person. And the Lord will use that. It often doesn't happen immediately, but it does happen over time. So, yeah. I just, and just on the same, sort of the same thread, if, if you know, we're evaluating and go, hey, you know what, I, I think I've not been salty. I've actually done some things that have, have been offensive or have actually hurt my witness. How would you encourage us? And then yeah. That's good, yeah. So in last week's lesson, we, or the week before last, we talked about if, if that's been the case, if you've sinned against people at work or you've just been a jerk or whatever, I think, it's, I think it's not just an okay idea. I think it's really, you should go back and talk to people and say, hey, listen, I'm going to let you know, I feel like for the past couple months, I've been a real jerk here. I feel like I've just been grumbly and complaining. I don't think I've represented Jesus very well, and I certainly don't think I've just been kind to you. So I just want to ask you to forgive me for that. And if I've done anything to upset you, I'm happy to talk with you about it further. So I think having that kind of humble posture where you show yourself to be one who knows they need grace, because if you're going to be proclaiming to others that they need grace, I think it helps a lot to, to know that, that you need it as well. So it's a great question. All right, building bridges to eternal conversation. So again, there's, there's no like, you know, third Timothy and says, and when they're evangelizing, this is how they do it. Okay, so there's not, there's not this. Um, but... But, and again, I mentioned it, but why do you think God doesn't give us an explicit couple paragraphs on this is how you, how you transition from normal conversations to, to others? Why, why do you think God doesn't give us that? Depend on ourselves. Yeah, it's good. So it, it would create a dependence upon Him. Yeah? It is different in every situation. Yeah, it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all. It's good. So the, the gospel is always true, but... The way that it's brought in, when you look at the way it happens in the book of Acts, it's always a different angle depending on who he's, they're, they're, they're speaking to. Right? So, yeah, I think it creates a dependence upon the Lord where there's real relationship of, Lord, I need you in this situation. Now help me, please. That is, <clears throat> this is, by the way, one of the reasons that evangelism is so life-giving to your soul. And <clears throat> one of the, whenever you're stagnant in your walk with the Lord, <clears throat> I've found very often it's, it's not during seasons where I'm evangelizing faithfully and being stretched. Um, that oftentimes, it's not only that, but oftentimes it's because I'm being very inward focused. Um, so the answer isn't always just focus more on yourself, but it's focus more on Christ and what he would have you to, to, to do. Right? Well, <clears throat> letter A here um, under building bridges this is on the back there. Um, pray for what? Wisdom. Pray for wisdom to know how to, uh, to transition to gospel talk. So pr- pray for wisdom. Every evangelistic encounter is going to be different. Um, there's going to be some folks you see daily. There's going to be some only briefly, maybe an Uber or on a plane or next to a metro or whatever it may be. Um, but we talked about this before. That my, my wife reminds me every brief encounter is from the Lord. And I don't know if you all were in here a couple weeks ago when she, she brought that up. And talked about how we always used to try and talk to people. Because everywhere we park, every, almost every time I go to get in my car, here comes that same person right next to me. I don't know what that is. They're always getting in the car at the same time. So I've just started to get back on the, hey, this may seem strange to you, but 
This happens to me all the time where we, we just bump into the people next to us, and I just want to see if there's anything I could pray for you about. And I've gotten several strange looks, but I have gotten several. I had, there was a lady, um, her name, I forget now, Carol. I think it was Carol. And she said, yeah, thank you very much. My, my brother just died. And if you would pray for our family, I'd appreciate that. And then she walked off. And I have no idea how God will ever use that. But she might remember that somebody who believed in God came along her path and asked her for prayer. I don't know how God will do that. But I know that God also used it for me to stretch me to get beyond me to depend upon him. So it was for them, but it was also for, for me as well. So be praying for, for wisdom, right? Um, to use whatever encounter the, the Lord may give. I think a good model of this, later reading on, is just watching Jesus and his interactions with the woman at the well. Just that he's talking with her about everyday life stuff. And sure, Jesus, we're not Jesus. We don't know everything about everybody. I totally get that. But you see he's engaging someone in normal conversation and he moves it towards spiritual things. They try to dodge it by bringing up some kind of theological thing. Well, what about the dinosaurs? Or did Adam have a <laughs> belly button? You know, and they start doing that stuff. Uh, but then he brings it back to, yeah, but, but what about what's going on in your world? Um, and I think it's a good model, though we don't have the insight of Jesus, we do have the spirit of Jesus. And I think it's a good model to see that in everyday life stuff, at the water cooler, uh, that you're meeting with broken people and you can begin conversations and press toward, um, toward gospel ends and, yeah, and, and pray for, for wisdom, that God would give you wisdom. And I, I, again, I don't think this is anything magical, but God really does give it. That he'll, he'll give you thoughts, he'll open doors, he will provide um, yeah, opportunity. Right. Second thing is this is more on the regular. Um, so you should be doing that on the regular, but, but also... Wisely sow seeds with your words. Wisely sow seeds with your words. Listen to this from Colossians 4. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. There should be something different about the way the Christians speak. The things we say, the things that we, we don't say. And God will use that in ways that I think we often underestimate. So, for instance, while I was working on this, I was reminded of Coach Dale McCummy. When I was in junior high and high school, I played basketball all the time, and there was a, there was a coach, he was the coach of the girls' team, uh, who would come out and he would play with us. He was probably 10 years older uh, than me. Um, and I just remember he never cursed. I was a cursing fool. I mean, that's, I was very creative cursor. That's all I knew how to do one thing well, and that was to cuss. But he never cursed. He just, he, he never did. And he would, his thing was, he did dadgummit. It was always dadgummit. So we'd, we'd call him dadgummit Dale and, you know, make fun of him and all this kind of stuff. Um, and one day I was like, why do you always say that? And he, he just said, well, he said, I'm a, I'm a Christian, and I'm, I try to watch what I say to honor God. And it was just a little comment to a junior high kid who cussed all the time and thought it was cool. But I've never forgotten that. I'm 41 years old, and I text him this week just to say, hey, I just want to remind you of what you used to do. I just want you to know God used it in my life. It was one of the things whenever God was drawing me to himself that came back to my mind was the example of Dale, who didn't just conform. And you just never know. So I encourage you in the things that we, we don't say. Again, um, gossip, slander, grumbling, complaining. There's so much slander and grumbling going on right now. It is easy to fall into that. But if you don't do that, 
you're going to be different. It's going to look different. And you don't want to do it in a snooty way. I'm not doing that, right? So that's, that's, not, the, that's not what I'm talking about either. But, but highlighting good things that other people are doing, <laughs> that's not normal. <laughs> but giving praise away, honoring others, God will, God will use that. Um, also, in your conversations, I think you can drop little, little breadcrumbs, if you will. Um, just talking about people, yeah, we had some friends from church that came over and we da-da-da-da-da. Or, yeah, after church on Sunday, we went out, we grabbed lunch, or da-da-da. Or, I was reading the Bible recently, and this thing came up, and it's just da-da-da-da. Like, just dropping those little breadcrumbs where then people, what happens in their mind? They think what? Religious person. Or fruitcake. Or whatever they're going to think. But it registers, right? And then they're going to, they're going to watch you. Now they're going to know, okay, this is one of those church-going people. And, I'm, and sometimes they'll test you. But because they know that, they're going to be like, Oh, yeah? Well, what do you think about my rainbow shirt? Huh? What do you think? Or what do you think about this? Or what do you, no, I mean, this is, they'll come at you to see how you respond. You'll be like, I love rainbows. Rainbows are actually in the Bible. I'd love to talk to you about that story sometime. It's amazing. So, <laughs> you know, it's a great story that God doesn't give us the wrath, for, but he gives mercy instead of judgment. Man, we need that. And that's what Jesus is about. What do you think about? What do you think about the rainbow? Oh, really? Why do you think about that? Why does that matter to you? Tell me more about that. What's your story? Help me understand. And then what you're into is you're into their heart and their soul. And you're able to, to understand why they think about injustice and oppression the way that they do. And where does, where does that even desire for justice come from? I mean, it doesn't fit with evolution. Evolution is about crush whoever you can to advance. How does that worldview fit? Help me understand. And then what you're doing, you're into stuff and you start rattling things. And over time, God will let their worldviews crumble under the weight that it can't sustain. And then... And then there's, there's room for Christ, right? So, Anthony, were you going to say something? Good, yeah. I think it's a, it's a simple little thing. But you're going to be tempted to be afraid. <laughs> to just not say, yeah, I was, I was reading the Bible, and Jesus showed me this, this thing in his word, and it's amazing. It's really helped me, you know? People are like, okay, weirdo, yeah, but, but then it's so normal in some other ways. What's happening? Such a good worker. Da, da, da. So um, I remember Carrie and I were actually on a flight a few, um, few months ago, and there was a flight attendant who was a non, uh, certainly a non-Christian, uh, but she noticed I was reading my Bible, and she said, are you, are you one of those Christians? And I was like, I am one of, I don't know which kind of those Christians are, but I am a Christian. Uh, and she proceeded to talk about how she had neighbors. She goes, you got to meet my neighbor. you got to meet my friend. I was like, just like, like we should all know each other. They live in Florida. Like, you know, you're, you're from, oh, you're from Texas? Oh, well, do you know so-and-so? Well, it's kind of the same. I was like, Texas is kind of big, Christian. Anyway, so um, <laughs> said, yeah, they do this. They have this thing in their, in their yard. They have their mailbox, but then next to their mailbox, they have a prayer box. And they have a little thing of paper, um, and anybody who's walking by can just write a prayer request and put it in the prayer box, and they'll pray for them. And they just let everybody in the neighborhood know that. And people do it all the time. You, you should meet them. And she was just like, she did, I don't think she believed anything we thought, but like she was, she, she, that had impacted her in a way that Christians were in somehow endearing. And she automatically kind of liked us, even though she probably wouldn't believe what, what we believed, you know? So... Again, you want to sow seeds with your words and your actions. God will, God will use that. Um, C, prayerfully observe other people's lives. Prayerfully observe other people's lives. Um, do you remember, l- listen to this from Acts 17. 
Acts 17, Paul was waiting for them, a couple of his uh, ministry buddies, were waiting for them at Athens. His spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city that was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogues with the Jews and the devout persons in the marketplace. So Jews, Gentiles, Jews in the synagogues, Gentiles in the marketplace, every day with those who happened to be there. Verse 18, some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus in the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus. Uh, tell us this teaching. You bring strange things. We want to know what it is. Verse 22, so Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, men of Athens, and here it is, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For I passed along and observed the objects of your worship. I found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. And that was his end. Hey, I noticed you got a cross around your neck. What's that about? The cross, I, are you a Christian? And then they're like, no. Oh, that's interesting. So I'm, I am a Christian. We, the cross is something really meaningful to me. Does it mean something to you, your family? Is that, what is that? And I just like it. I'm like, oh, okay. And, but then you never know. It might, might be an inn. Or who knows? there's 10,000 things that you could be watching for and observing. Now, I'm not talking about like, here's your past to be a stalker. I am not talking about being creepy like observant. Um, but I'm talking about like normal listening to what people say. Them dropping little things. It was a hard weekend for our family. And nobody else in the, in the workplace cares. They're like, yeah, well, mine was awesome. And, and then, then you, you slide over a little bit later and say, hey, I heard you said it was kind of a hard weekend for your family. I don't want to be pushy, but I was just wondering, is there anything that, that we could pray about for you and your family? You don't, you don't have to talk about it, but if you'd like to, I'd love, I'd love to hear what's, what's going on. You know? um, our family would love to have you all, you and your family, over for dinner sometime if you just like to, like to chat. And it might be like, no, th- thank you, but that's, no. But, but, the next time 9-11 happens or some kind of 9-11 in their own lives happens, who might they turn to? You just don't, you don't know what God's going to do. But you're always watching and looking for ways in that you can, can speak with, with people, okay? Um, you can do this with tattoos, with t-shirts, with whatever kind of stuff. I mean, there's just... Yeah, if somebody gets something tatted on their body, it's likely it's meaningful for them. That's one of the things, that, that's an easy in for me. I always find when somebody's sitting there and they've got tattoos, I'd be like, hey, I like your ink. Tell me about it. Is there a story behind some of those? And <laughs> there's some stories out there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's some, you'll find some really interesting <laughs> opportunities to be like, wow, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> I was like, uh, as a, and you know, so if, anyway, there's lot, lots of things that you can, can, can do there. But I think, Again, that's not an exact science, but I think over time, you'll learn to be observant with, with people, and um, God can use that as, as ways in where you want to be listening. Because we live in a world where everybody talks. Twitter is not about, not trained us to, to, to listen to anybody. It's just everybody talk, 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 and nobody listens. But if you listen and observe, God will use that. And I know it gets tiring where you've asked them 75 questions about them and they've never once said, oh yeah, well tell me something about you. It gets tiring. It doesn't matter. Serve. Just serve. Jesus cares about you. You're fine. Just serve, okay? Give yourself. Rely upon his strength. And you just never know. They might think they're a little nosy, but I think they care, you know? And that's okay. It's okay. So, um, Another one, letter D here. Learn to ask purposeful questions. Learn to ask purposeful questions. So evangelism is both a science and an art. It's a science in that there's real truth 
that must be proclaimed that people be saved by. Right? You've, there's, the gospel is really clear. That's the science part, if you will. But the art is how do you bring in which elements of that at which times with which people in which ways and all of that kind of stuff. And if you watch the ministry of Jesus, <laughs> he is always, always, always asking people questions. Right? Now, again, again, we're not the Son of God, but we can emulate Him in this, right? Um, he did it with uh, the Pharisees, with the rich young ruler, with Nicodemus, the woman at the well. He uses questions to, to get in there. Um, what are some questions that you might be able to start asking people? Yeah. Who do you trust? Okay. Uh, who do you trust? In, mo- in what way? What do you mean? Um, or who do, you, who do you put your faith in? Okay, good. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or what is your what is your desire? What do you desire most in life? Okay. Yeah. So so maybe if you're yeah. So when things get hard for you, who who do you call? Like who's who's the person you really trust? Um, or man, you sure work hard. What? Tell me about what you really want out of this. Like what are you desiring? Is this what you always wanted to do? Tell me more about that. Like and then you're into some of the things that are going on in their heart there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has this been a good season of life or, or, or a hard season? Good season? Great. What's, what is it that really makes you happy? What's, what's, what, what's, what is that? Yeah, right? You're, you're in there? Okay, good, yeah. What do you believe about God? Okay, so I mean, I, I, and this is one of the, so I'm thankful you did that. I think, I think sometimes we want to be so, like, amazing in our Jesus jukeness that we're like, oh, there's a cloud. Guess who made the clouds? Jesus, he's going to come on a cloud. Boom, are you ready? Like that, that's weird, okay? Don't, don't, I mean, not always weird. I've totally done that. I'm, a, I'm an amazing Jesus juker, so I could juke anything, okay? Um, but it's not always the, the best way in because it feels kind of forced. I think one of the best things to do is to just not be afraid to be a Christian. Be like, hey, yeah, so again, we, we, we went to church on Sunday. You guys ever go to church anywhere? Did you grow up religious at all? Like, that's such an easy question, and it feels like, oh, I don't want to be weird. Well, like, we're weird. It's fine. Like, just get over it. You're weird, okay? We're all weird. Ask the question. You know, be like, so one of the questions I love asking people is I'll even introduce this way. I'd be like, so this may seem a little out of the blue. One of the questions I love to ask people is if you could ask God any question, what would it be? So, and if your question is like, are you really there? That's a great question. But found out that he was there. If you could ask him anything, what would it be? And if they're like, I want to know the lottery ticket, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl? I'd be like, okay, seriously, you get one question. What would it be? And sometimes, sometimes you'll get it. And they'll be like, I want to know why he let my sister die. That's what I want to know. And you'd be like, oh, so that's what's going on, right? Because deep down, everybody's got a theological grid. And some people have just buried it over it. But like that kind of question can get in there and expose things that are going on. Sometimes if they'll answer that, I'd be like, can I ask you another one? I'd be like, if God could ask you any question, what do you think he'd ask you? Like, I don't know. I don't think he'd want to talk to me. Really? Why do you think that? Have you ever heard about Jesus? Can I, can I just tell you something about Jesus? Like, he came here because he, he wants to talk to you. Like, he came among us. Like, this is the kind of God that we serve. And then you're just, you're kind of in there with some questions. Um, so I think asking questions like that are, are really helpful. Uh, again, no, no magic f- formula, but the Lord uses <coughs> that. Um, so I kind of blended C and D there. But then letter E. Um, Answer questions with questions. Now, this is not to be annoying, okay? Um, 
but it's a helpful way to move the conversation along. So um, listen, listen to this. So when Jesus, when you study the Gospels, listen to what he says. So Mark 10. As he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Well, you must repent of your sins and believe in me. And is that what he said? No, he said, Why do you call me good? Tricky Jesus. See, he's, he's asked, he returns his question with a question. He says, Nobody's good but God. Because what does Jesus want him to wrestle with? Do you really think I'm good? Well, only God's good, so who does that make me? Who do you think I am? Right. Or Matthew, 19, uh, Matthew 12, uh, 9 through 20, Jesus went on from there and entered their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Because they're trying to trust him, right? Or trying to trust him, trying to trick him, trying to trap him. They need to trust him, but they were trying to trap him. Verse 11, he said to them, which one of you has a sheep? If it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. How much more value is a man than a sheep? So yeah, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. But, but he answers their question with a question because he wants to poke a hole in whatever they're really thinking of. Right? A really good book on this is a book called um, Questioning Evangelism by Randy Newman. I'm actually going to hand it out next year whenever, in March whenever we're, the class continues in, in, the, in the fall. Let me, let me just read to you a, a section of, of that. He's talking about an evangelistic encounter that he, that he had. He says um, he's, he's talking with somebody, and the question of exclusivity, like, is Jesus the only way, came up. And they said, so I suppose you think uh, all those sincere followers of other religions are going to hell. He said, do you believe in hell? He appeared as if he'd never seriously considered the possibility. He looked so puzzled, perhaps because he was being challenged, when he thought that he, that he was doing the challenging. After a long silence, he said, no, I don't believe in hell. I think it's ridiculous. So then I asked well, then why are you asking me a ridiculous question? He says, I wasn't trying to be a wise guy. I simply wanted him to be honest about his own question. He said, then the silence was broken by another questioner who chimed in, well, I do believe in hell. Do you think that everybody who disagrees with you is going there? And, I, and then I asked, do you think everyone goes there? Is Hitler in hell? Hitler turned out to be helpful, um, <laughs> uh, if an unlikely ally in such discussions. Of course Hitler's in hell. And then he said, how do you think God decides who goes to heaven and who, gets, who goes to hell? Does he grade on a curve? From there, the discussion became much more civil. And he went on to talk about how God used that. So what he's doing was he was showing how to engage with what they were saying and then turn it back. And I've found that to be, that to be a, helpful, a helpful tool as well. So again, there's no, there's no like pat thing that you do, but, but God can use these sorts of things. And again, this comes from prayerfully leaning upon the Lord, asking Him to give you wisdom, looking at what He's doing around you, asking for eyes to see, being held accountable in your relationships with one another, pressing on this, that it becomes the norm that we're talking with non-Christians. And the more that you talk with non-Christians about spiritual things, the more it just becomes easier and normal and exciting and enjoyable because you see God working in people's lives and you get past just being consumed with yourself. You know? Yeah. called x-ray questions or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, Google x-ray questions by David Pallison. Good, good answer. I'm going to recommend one more. There's yeah. a book called Tactics by Greg Kogel. I was just going to say that. Good. By whom? Tactics by Greg Kogel. Kogel? How do you spell Kogel? K-O-K-O-K-L. So it's all about using questions to guide spiritual conversation. Tactics. Okay, good. So 
there's a couple, there's, there's a few examples for you. Resources abound. Um, so thank you for that. That's good. Questions, comments, thoughts, insights, anything about what we've, we've talked about here? Karen. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yo. You know, I've had to up uh, my old pastor would say, you know, where did you worship on Sunday? Where did you go to church? Oh, it's a little bit. You know, Riverside Baptist. And uh, very little. He'd say, you know, we start at 11 o'clock, but, but we're going to wait until 11 o'clock, and after that, we'll start without you. Mm -hmm. There was a use of humor as well um, to kind of grease the skids. And there's also an intentional evangelism. I'm a part of the Gideon organization where basically take schools around town and pass them out. So that, and I received one at, 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 um, in the fourth grade from the elementary school. I still have it. Uh, there's evangelism explosion. And I think we also learned from the Jehovah, Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons who are very intentional. You know, the Lord's Lord knocking, that sort of thing. Um, Protestants don't do that. And I think there's something to learn from that as well. So, so don't believe what Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons believe, but I do think, yeah, I mean, I think there's something about, um, and, and I would just encourage you, if you're going to do some door knocking, I'd encourage you to start in your neighborhood and meet your neighbors and invite them over for dinner. That's going to be, it's going to be a good way to, to start engaging. Yep. I think people will be able to discern the difference between they're pushy trying to get me in their club so they can count a number versus I think I trust them. So I think it's actually fine for that backdrop of whatever bad Christianity they've experienced to be able to meet a Christian who actually loves them. They'll sense a difference. They'll, they'll notice a difference. So I don't think we should not be afraid of what people might think of us. But I think on the offensive, we should think, I'm going to show them love. And part of love is, I'd love to have you come over and talk about Jesus. I'd love to have you come to our church. But there's a difference between that and like a guilt tactic. So I think there's, there's, there's wisdom there, and it's, 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 it's needed. So. Yeah.
I'm right. grateful for this stuff, yeah. you know. So mm -hmm. I do think that the word, yeah, like you said, not to be fearful, although it is very nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So let the love of Christ be what's pushy in you, and let that let that drive you, and let the chips fall where they may. The Lord only works with imperfect people doing imperfect evangelism. So, yeah. Cody, last thing. I think the more you know you need Jesus in the gospel every moment, the more intriguing your Christianity will be. Because the world has filled with people who think they've got it all together, in whatever their reason for that is. But people who know that they need help and are confident in that they know where to get it and it's not in themselves, that is foreign. And God will use that over time.